0: A question that often comes up in coaching conversations is how do I retain and work with employees who seem frustrated and disappointed because they did not get the promotion that they wanted and that we were working towards? In this episode of the Manager Track podcast, we're going to talk about exactly this. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role? Build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In the show, you learn how to think, communicate and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Let's talk about what we do when we have an employee who was hoping for a promotion. Ideally, we knew about that and <laughs> we were working with the employee to get the promotion. But then uh, the committee or the people who have to approve a promotion declined this. And now we have to go back and be the bearer of the bad news and let the employee know that actually their promotion did not go through. This is one scenario. It could actually also be that you didn't know about their desire to get promoted. Uh, They then were hoping that in the promotion cycle they would get a promotion. That didn't happen. And now you're faced with a situation where you have a disgruntled or just disappointed employee who feels likely like their value, their worth, their effort is not being sufficiently recognized in the organization. When I talk about employee motivation, one of the four pillars is the perceived lack of fairness in the promotion uh, process. And I specifically want to highlight perceived, because maybe your promotion process or your company's promotion process or even salary increases and all that is actually unfair. But assuming that it is fair when employees don't perceive it to be that way because of the level of transparency that's provided or because they didn't get the full picture, they didn't feel like they got the chance to work towards it. There's a lot of perceptions that people can make then we have an issue at hand that impacts employee motivation and can do so in a pretty significant way. I remember in organizations that I worked in the past and nowadays I see this often in coaching conversations where promotion cycles come around and then after promotion cycles, you have a whole bunch of people who feel very demotivated and are now actively looking to make a move and go elsewhere. And in a strong job market, they can go out there and ping a few recruiters or simply respond to one of the many LinkedIn prompts or messages that they get uh, or phone calls that they get from recruiters and say, you know what, I do think I'm not fully valued at my current organization. I do think we should start the chat and... That is a slippery slope because once they are engaged in these conversations, they may start to really believe that the grass is greener on the other side. It may be greener on the other side. We don't know, but we know for sure that most of us think the grass is greener on the other side more often than actually true. And then once your employee starts to have these conversations with recruiters and looks at different options, maybe their uh, salary is higher, maybe their career opportunity seems stronger, or they even right away out of the gate, get the title that they wanted to get through the promotion. And that can be a really strong incentive. Now, for you to be the manager of such an employee can be really challenging because on one hand, you recognize, yeah, this didn't play out the way we want it. And if that a specific employee is a good employee, you want to retain them, you want to keep them, then that means you need to step up. And sometimes we focus too much on the squeaky wheel, the underperforming employee who's giving you a headache because they're either you know hard to work with from a behavioral standpoint or their quality of work isn't right there. They need a lot of your time, feedback, coaching, maybe even it's it's stirring up some conflict internally or just... A lot of uncomfortable conversations that you need to have uh, left and right about that person's performance in helping them get back on track or considering to exit that that person and that can be emotionally heavy it can be stressful in a way and hence we occupy ourselves and and hence we spend a lot of our attention on those kind of employees but when we have an employee who didn't get promoted but we want to keep them on we have to really shift gear Um, and that person needs to get the maturity of our attention during that time and by the way generally speaking you want to always spend more time on the people that are performing strongly that you want to retain and and help grow and develop versus the employees who are not performing well if you're listening to this right now and you think huh yeah let me actually think about this for a second let's say you have five employees that you're managing Imagine you have a bucket of time, 100% would obviously be that full bucket of time. How much of that bucket, and this excludes time that you spend actually in meetings and doing work, but just supporting your team members, how much of that bucket goes to which individual? And is the biggest number allocated to the people who are the strongest performers? Or is that biggest number assigned to the person or the people who are the weakest performers? And if the latter is the case, then something needs to change. This is really important. It's a very common mistake managers make. You have to shift gear. There can be for a short time period, let's say a two, maybe three week time period, where underperformers you know, this really starts to become urgent and very important, and you have to spend the majority of your time on them. But overall, over the course of, let's say, three months and more, you want to spend, on average, most of your time on your high performers. And especially when you have a high performer or a strong performer who didn't get the promotion. So let's dive into what to pay attention to the first and most important thing to keep in mind is that you want to acknowledge their disappointment or even frustration telling them hey it's no big deal we can do this again next time and trying to be optimistic does not make them feel heard or understood in any way it likely will make it worse so instead of being all optimistic Look at them, listen to them, say like, hey, tell me more what was going on through your head, what is causing the frustration, what's causing the disappointment, what's really hard for you here. Listen to them and then you don't have to agree with their perspective because the chances are that you see things a little bit differently. So listening to them and validating them in their perspective doesn't mean you're agreeing with the assessment. It just means that you're interested in hearing their point of view and You acknowledge that that is actually their point of view. And to them, that is as valid as yours is to you. Okay, so they're not thinking this is crazy and I make no sense. No, their emotional reaction and their thoughts make sense to them. They may not like it and they may say, intellectually, I get that I'm overreacting, but it feels true in the moment. That's what you want to acknowledge. So acknowledge that frustration and then be as transparent as you possibly can can. Now, <laughs> it always makes me chuckle when people say, well, you just got to be super transparent. You got to say it all. And I think that sounds good in a textbook. It's not actually how things play out at work. There are certain things that you're not allowed to share. There's certain things that you shouldn't share. And so when I say be as transparent about the process and the reason for the lack of the promotion, do this in a mindful way with the intention to be as transparent as possible while also considering all the factors that would play into this equation and you have to consider such as what is confidential information or what will actually make this harder for the person on the other end or how will this negatively impact other people on the team so you you want to balance that out and keep that in mind it is likely that any information that you share with the employee who's frustrated will somehow, directly, indirectly, sooner or later, uh, be shared with other employees in the organization. Even if you feel like, hey, this is a confidential information, we're not sharing this information. Yes, you know, you have trust the colleagues and those are the exception. Overall and very generally speaking, anything that you say to that employee, work with the assumption that they will share with coworkers that they have, you know, friendships with. And so it will it'll likely not just stay with them. And that's not something to get um, super upset about. That's just how we are, right? Sometimes we have a trusted friend and they happen to work at the company. And those are the things we feel like we need to share and, and have someone else's perspective who knows the ins and outs and knows the business and knows the boss and all that. So it'll, it'll likely happen. So in order to be on the safe side, just be prepared for that to happen. And hence, the things that you communicate and the level of transparency that you choose should keep that in mind. So first, acknowledge the frustration. Second, in that conversation, initial conversation, be as transparent as possible and as feasible, and then acknowledge that there is going to be the cycle of grief. In fact, as a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career and lead a high performing, engaged team. And in order to do that as a leader, you need to lead with a system not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training, plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at RamonaShaw.com 11 That's two times the number. One. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to Ramonashaw.com/slash one one to get started right now. When we look at Kubler Ross's grief cycle, there are five specific steps. Now, depending on the severity or of, of the situation and how frustrated they are and how much this promotion would mean to your employee, they either, you know, run that cycle of the five steps pretty intensely. Or maybe not. Maybe this goes fairly quick and they're over it within a couple of days. But oftentimes when people receive news such as this, including, by the way, when someone is laid off or someone's getting fired, the five steps that people go through would be first denial, sort of avoiding the information or shock or confusion. It'd be like, wait, what? I'm confused, could be the first reaction. Then the second stage would be anger or anxiety. So that could either be frustration geared towards you, it could be anger towards the company or leadership overall, or it could turn into a level of anxiety of increased sense of stress. And then the third stage is called bargaining. What I actually see most often is that people will look for some kind of meaning of either what can I learn from this or I want to better understand this so I'm better set up for next time or I just want to know sort of the idea of I want to know after the anger comes to I want to know and get this right or understand this well and then the fourth stage, we go back down a little bit so we made a little bit of improvement we're trying to understand but then we go downwards again into that stage or phase of depression, overwhelm, helplessness, it's a bit in that victim mode that we'll see people tap into of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I put all this work into it. I can't believe I bet on this. I don't even know what to do anymore. It seems just as if in this organization or with this boss or with this team, I won't have a chance ever, which is likely not true. But in the moment, that's what it feels like to them. And then after that is usually where people reach that final stage of acceptance. And at that point, they're looking for new options. And this is a great place to start to look at, OK, with that in mind here, we noticed this didn't work out the way we wanted. Let's look at a game plan. And especially if they've started to think about reaching out to other companies, if you're missing that phase of acceptance and and sort of for looking into the future, they will try to create that future elsewhere. So you as a manager have to be really present during that time and say like, let's work on a game plan. Let's identify and clarify expectations. Make sure that we're on the same page. Let me run that by senior leadership. Uh, let's make sure that you talk to the people that were part of the committee uh, who decided against the promotion to better understand their perspective and what they would like to see from you in that next cycle so that you can get promoted next time around. Being hands-on and supporting your employee during that phase is super important. If they feel they don't get that from you and there's no way to put a game plan in place in your team or within your organization, chances are, again are pretty high that they will look elsewhere to figure out that game plan and there will be some kind of recruiter who will tell them exactly what their future could look like if they were to join their organization. And so as you're thinking about creating that game plan and the roadmap or setting specific goals and aligning on expectations, a few things to keep in mind to think a little bit outside the box other than just Hey, do more, (laughs) deliver more work, write more code, engage in more projects, or just work harder. Take a step back and think about, okay, what actually is the missing key here? Maybe it is just time, right? That's one thing, but that seems very uncontrollable or less within time. But that seems a bit like we're just hoping for something without really investing in achieving that goal. And so looking for tactical things to do will be helpful. Things that I've, and I wrote down a few here that are examples of what either I've experienced myself or with other colleagues in a workplace, or that I've gathered through coaching conversations that have been helpful for people. One may be that the big gap that's there is a skill gap or a knowledge gap, or it might even be a behavioral gap. And so depending on your budget... You could be looking for specific books and book recommendations and then say to them like, hey, let's read this book together or you and a couple of peers. Let's create a little book club or at least a peer group where we are absorbing this particular topic in more depth and then we're seeing how we can apply this. These books could be technically oriented, really geared towards the profession or the job or the industry in the market. They could also be based on personal development, including leadership development and the like. So whatever that may be where you feel, hey, this will give us the most bang of the buck and will keep them engaged in a learning process. And they feel like they're getting the support from you, but maybe even the peers. That could be a fun way to support your employee in their learning process. Another thing to do could be shadowing where they may shadow another employee or they may shadow you. What that looks like is literally they pretend to be a fly on the wall and they just absorb the other person, go through a day or a couple of days. Sometimes people do this even for a week and they absorb what they're doing. If you're in an office and let's say they were shadowing you, they would just sit next to you and unless there's something confidential that you can't share, you can't just walk them through what you're doing and what you're spending time on, and your reason for making certain decisions, you kind of talk out loud the things that you would usually say to yourself in your mind. They may participate in meetings they're usually not in, and you're teaching them along the way. Now, I find shadowing to be specifically useful if someone is trying to step into a specific role, and therefore they get a little bit of a glimpse of an idea of what that role actually looks like day to day. Or if there's a skill gap, or if someone would find it really helpful if they were to be exposed to a team that they collaborate with, but they want to learn about that team's unique perspective and their processes, more so not to move into that team, but to help them connect the dots and create better alignment. That's when shadowing can be really helpful. And so they would just you know, choose a team member up here uh, and then sit with them for a day and join them and, and learn more about their work, of course. Professional development in any way that could be, again, technically focused could also be around professional development behaviors, leadership skills, communication skills, executive presence, things like that that you could support them with, depending on your budget available. And then two more things that you could specifically do before I wrap this up. One is a stay interview, and I will link to a resource in the show notes stay interviews will help you identify what's the thing they really enjoy what are the things that they find a little bit draining what are some of the goals that they have what's working for them what isn't it's a great way to touch base with your employees and take a step back and look at the overall experience that they're having so that you can intervene and be proactive in a situation versus being reactive in a moment when someone has already gone down the road and ends up in an exit interview And then the last one would be a career conversation to really try to figure out what are their longer term career goals? What are the values that drive their career goals? And how do you get them there? And I will link to a specific past episode in the show notes here as well, where I walk through the process of having really in-depth career conversations with my employee, Brandy. And I hope you really enjoy that to give you an idea of what a career conversation would look and sound like. So I'm going to quickly recap these ideas. One would be use a book and have a book club really in order to exchange the learning and have that social interaction, that peer-to-peer interaction. Consider some kind of shadowing that they can do that will expose them to new information, will help them in their learning curve. Support them in professional development that be useful and in line with their professional development plan. Have stay interviews and career conversations to understand your employees better and to therefore be able to support them better along the way. All that said, be as honest as you possibly can also about their future potential or their future opportunities in the organization if you care about your employee and you recognize they want to become a director in your org and you realize that will never happen here because their values are not aligned or because their reputation or because of job availability and openings let them know and tell them hey really realistically speaking the chances are low that a director position will open up in the next two years and i want to be transparent with you on that so we can work with that assumption leading someone on when you know there is the really low chance of that actually happening, it's not going to help you and it's not the right thing to do. So discuss options in terms of growing within your team or your department, but also transfers within the organization. You are a leader and hence you're representing the organization, not just your team, not just your department. And if then there isn't any room for them to go, that's when you would also consider, okay, what else is there? Um, Do they want to go back and pursue an MBA or do they actually need to look elsewhere in order for them to reach their career goals? Then keep those conversations going to check in with them on a regular basis. Those are my suggestions on how to handle an employee who is disappointed because they didn't get a promotion when they were shooting for that. I hope this was helpful and uh, also made you think about the employees on your team and how to best support them ultimately as a leader one of your big responsibilities is to obviously achieve the results and the goals set for your team but also to support to help develop and grow your team members and that's i think a really fun part of the the privilege as well as a responsibility as a leader that's all we got today have a good rest of your week i'll talk to you next week in another episode of the manager track podcast ciao ciao if you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my bestselling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.